Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. Yeah, that'll be our cue. <laughs> That's our cue, that little uh, that little bit there. A very, very good afternoon to one and all out there. My name's Cam Smith. And across from me, I do have... Uh, it's Matt Stebbin here. I'm back after a couple of weeks. He's back, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Good to see you back here. And, and likewise, good to see you. You're looking you... well today. Thank you very much. Mm. Feeling well. I was a little bit under the weather last week. Thank you to Carl, who yes. was uh, helping out. And, um, yeah, I was, I was a little bit... F- not fluey, but coldy. Yeah. Yeah, not good. Anyway, but I'm better now. Good. And I hope you guys are better too and feeling great on this day... With the wind, windy and a weird old day because of the clock changes. Cl- clock changing, I should say. Yes, and uh, twenty five out there at the moment. It's um, it's suddenly gotten warm. Twenty five now. Yeah, well, it's good. According to my magical watch, that that knows all <laughs> yes. and tells all. Uh, big thanks to the scientists for their eruditions. Um, and we have got some things for you mm. today um, on today's show. Uh, the woman who. Guides us and is always good for um, being a straight shooter. I think Rosemary Stanton, nutritionist. Yes. yes. Uh, it's okay to eat red meat again. Oh, what, good. What are her thoughts on that? Mm-hmm. So we might just get her to have a little bit of a chat about here. Mm-hmm. And um, we have a chef in the green room. Yes. She's looking very comfy. Very comfy. Oh, yeah. Relaxed and comfortable. <laughs> this must be his day off, uh, which is good. He's down there by the Yarra. His name's Nick Bennett. Well, I think we've had him on the show before. Yes, the expanding place on the era, the Arbery. Well, you could almost call it the Great Gorilla. Sort of doubles <laughs> in size this time of year as they park the barge there and... And go, come on down! Yes. But I think uh, one of the things I like about Nick is that he's, um, well, he's a, a nice guy, first of all. Um, <laughs> sure. As, as a chef, yeah, yeah. well, that's, that's what he says. Um, but... I think the incredible thing about the Arbery is that it is such a big operation. And yet the quality of the food is pretty damn good. It is good, I agree. How on earth do you do that? How do you do it? And also he's been away and he's been, um, he's going to tell us a little bit about the uh, the food of Cuba. Oh, Cuba, wow. Yeah, it's uh, it's grown from more than just uh, chicken and rice. Yes, this sounds like a positive development. It, it's good, it's very good. <laughs> uh, we'll find out about that. I want to ask him what a Miami club sandwich is. Oh, yeah, I don't know what that is. Don't even do I? No. It was uh, on his Instagram feed a while ago. Ooh. It might be coming on the menu. So anyway, we'll find out what um, influences he has been able to pick up and, uh, and what he's doing on his day off. Yeah. What do chefs cook on their day off? When he's not here in a little soundproof container in East Brunswick. Yes. Yeah. Which we'll let him out of the, so that he can enjoy his day off. Yeah, we might. Yes, maybe. <laughs> if he's good, depending on how he does. And um, Duncan Butchinen. Yes. According to Siri, Duncan Buchanan. Normally, he, he makes wine. Uh, Winemaker in residence. Well, he's not really in residence <laughs> either. <laughs> we'll we'll let him out too. Yes, you better be good, and you can prune your vines, Sonny. <laughs> you like prune vines, do you? Hey, you like yields? We'll let you out. No, we're going to talk about uh, the early part of the season, about mm. what's happening, um, and he's been 
away uh, around the areas where, boy, do they make lots of wine. Um, I think he was saying the top, these five winemakers make an insane amount of wine. Mainly bag-in-the-box sort of stuff. Yeah, right. But, uh, yeah, just talk a little bit about that and uh, and maybe have a little bit of a chat about glyphosate. About what? Roundup. Oh. Herbicides as to – anyway, we'll, we'll let him get yeah. on to that, I think, would be the go. Um, I was looking through my reference. There's no real decent quotes today. Yeah. But we do have time for a – What's that, that in your mouth? mouth? Thank you very much. Uh, yes, what's that in your mouth? Where, where we talk about food that we might have had while being out, yes, or, or food that we've um, had while being in. And I would like to just start this off by saying two words to you, Matt. What are those words, Cameron? Cullen skink. <laughs> what Cullen skink? Ah, Cullen skink. Would you like a bowl? Uh, it sound, I'm not going to say it sounds delicious because it really doesn't. What is it? What does it sound like, first of all? Uh, a Cullen skink. I don't know. It uh, sounds, skink obviously is a little lizard, but I'm sure you're not blending them up. Yeah. <laughs> in the basomatic. Yes. Well, that was Dan Aykroyd in a, in a great moment. Uh, Cullen skink is a Scottish soup. Right. And I don't know if you've ever been wandering around the supermarket and one of the great truisms uh-huh. for a lot of us is that you never buy seafood from a supermarket. No, I would agree with that. No, no. no. You wouldn't, would you? No, you just wouldn't. And yet, mm-hmm. in the corner, usually at the very, very far end of said supermarket, mm. are these orange fleshed fish. And that is the smoked cod. Mm. Smoked fish. Yes. Coloured with a natto. To give that orange sort of colour. Yeah, right. And and I've got memories of, of being a young tack where my mum uh. would would cook up said uh, cod. Yes. And she'd poach it or sort of – actually, I'll make it sound worse. She'd boil it in milk. There you go. <laughs> With a bit of onion and a little bit of bay leaf. Yeah. And she used to call that Finn and Hattie. Finn and Hattie. Finn and Hattie, which I, I think is the, the Scottish term for the smoked fish because um, a lot of us, uh, they do haddock. Yeah. Yeah? So anyway, I, I, for a lot of times I'd be wandering in the supermarket and, and look across and go, wow, look at that nuclear orange fish. <laughs> and <coughs> I remember mum used to say, yeah, it'd be okay, I guess. It was sort of like when it sort of it made a, a smoky sort of broth. Yes. Yeah. Right. Cullen skink mm-hmm. is a really interesting fish soup that comes from Scotland. Yes. Cullen is a place, mm. right? And the title, the after title is, is not, you're not frying up lizards. You'll be happy Good. that no yep, lizards yep. are hurt. <laughs> but it's sort of an ironic thing in the fact that um, a skink is, um, refers to a shank. So it's right. sort of like a soup made or a thing, a dish you make from the shank of a cow mm-hmm. or, you know, beef. Yeah. And being up there in Scotland in the old days, think poverty. Yes. Think, I haven't even got enough money <laughs> so to heat up my porridge. So you might have one. I'm having cold porridge. One shank for four people and you've got to try yeah. and make that work somehow. Yeah, well, you can't. It's, it's yeah. just ridiculous, you know, because the bank manager wouldn't even just be, even yeah. see you. But the fish are plentiful. Right. So this is sort of an ironic thing of making um, a soup from fish, but yeah. alluding to that it's... Oh, yeah. so there's actually no... Right. Yeah. 
But it's a really, really interesting soup, and it's it, but an interesting way of cooking because normally when you make a soup, right, mm. you might have your aromatics and you fry up, you know, yep. you and, you know, yeah, or pumpkin soup. Stuff. Yeah, what yeah. do you do? You chop up a pumpkin, you throw it in a pot, yep. you cover it in water, and you boil it, and by some means you puree it. Yes. Yeah. This is good. This is kind of interesting, though, in How the fact so? that well, the 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 actual cod, if you Cook that in the milk for too long, it becomes rubbery. Yeah. Yeah? That doesn't sound pleasant. No, it's not good. No. It's not good. <laughs> but you need to um, – what it basically is, is it's um, a soup that is um, with has milk cream, but onions, mm. uh, onions, leek, I put leek in there. Yes. And the fish and parsley. Yeah. Right? Um, th- this is the interesting thing. In one pot – you do your aromatics. So mm. you sit, first of all fry off the onion, fry off the leek, um, and then you pretty much oh, and potato. Yeah, potato. That's the starchy thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, and then you cover with about three hundred mil of water. Mm. So you're Not, covering the aromats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, after you've sort of after, you've, after you, yeah. you've you've you know done that, and then you cook that for about thirty minutes, so the potato starts to break down mm. and starts to thicken things up. Mm. In another pot. You've got your fish yeah. with some milk in it and you and you just sort of poach that gently and then flake it mm-hmm. so that it sort of comes out. Mm-hmm. And then you add it to the other pot mm-hmm. and then stir it up and... Um, so you're adding fish to almost potato soup. Yeah, pretty much. Almost. It's like vichy soir <laughs> fishy, meets fish. It's fishy soir. Yeah, fishy soir. Yeah, sort of, sort of like that. It's a better name than Cullen's stink. Um, and, um, and then, yeah, lots of parsley. And then because, you know, we all like to change things, I thought, wow, what if we had Cullen's skink and Scandinavians were eating it? Mm. You'd put a whole bunch of dill in it, wouldn't you, at the end? Yep. But it's a very, very interesting soup. So um, I would recommend if um, anybody is interested, even though we were just – I was speaking with Duncan Buchanan, mm. and one of the things he's scrambling to do is to – do brazes because he's realising no. it's going to get hot. Time's running out. Yeah, yeah so you might have already missed the boat. I think the braze boat might have. Sailed. Next week it's going to get cold. Oh, okay. You could do cold skin. Mm. And you, but you know one of the really really cool things about this soup mm. is for two people, this sort of thing that you can do for two people. The fish is cheap as chips, man. Yeah. 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 I don't know why I started talking like that. Sorry. Um, but yeah, the the piece of fish that I had in the, this soup is was three bucks. Yeah, right. And an onion and a leek, and they're not expensive. Yeah. Spud. Spud. Hey. Actually, the most expensive thing was buying all the the loose herbs. <laughs> yes, as it so often so, is. Damn you. <laughs> anyway, um, just thought I'd mention that. Look it up. Cullen, Cullen skink. skink. See, and so Cullen's the place. Skink is not a lizard. It's okay. Yeah. Don't have to freak out. That's good. Um, was there stuff that you wanted to bring up? Well, we were just going to uh, say a big congrats and g'day to Dan Hunter and the whole team out there in Bray. Oh, yeah, who go back and go there. Picked up a, uh, a big award this week. Restaurant they, of the Year. They were named Restaurant of the Year in the yep. – uh, what's it called now? It's not the Age Good Food Guide. Anyway, it's the Good Food Guide. It's, I think it's just called the Good Food the Guide. The Good Food Guide. National. The Channel 9 Food Guide. <gasps> oh, I know. I went there. Um, but no, so uh, it's, just, it's, it's, a, it's a big accolade and well-deserved for that oh, team out heart. there. <laughs> well-deserved for the team out in Birugara. Oh, absolutely. Um, as, as you've been saying, for many years, best restaurant in Australia. I reckon it is. Um, I was lucky enough to experience Bray and something I'll never forget, mm. really. 
Um, yeah, congratulations, Dan. You never know. We might even be able to get him on the blower soon. Yeah. Which would be kind of good. We can drag him out of his kitchen garden at this busy time of the year. He's always busy. But um, he was a very, very happy boy and a deliriously happy Instagram feed I seem to have seen. 12.14. My God, we've been going on. We should um, maybe we'll pay a little bit of mortgage and then we'll uh, see if we can catch up with Dr. Rosemary Stanton. Yes, to find mm. out and comment about the fact that, um, well, the guidelines have changed yet again. Things are good, things are bad. You should do these things, then yes. you shouldn't eat these things. <laughs> We're going to talk red meat with Rosemary Stanton after this. Mm-hmm. Nice and free and easy. 12.16 here on 3 RFM, and it is my delight to introduce to the microphones Rosemary Stanton. Good afternoon. Hi. Hello. Hello. How are you? Sorry, we did a little, little, little pregnant pause. How are you, Rosemary? <laughs> I'm fine, thank you. Rosemary, what's going on? We get told we can eat red meat, then we can't eat red meat, and red meat's uh, good, bad, and now, according to well, five new meta-analyses, there's not enough evidence to tell people to avoid eating red meat. Well, this came out last week. In fact, I spent all of last weekend going through the five papers, plus an editorial, plus uh, uh, a couple of other bits related to it, because we knew it was coming. They actually sent a whole lot of us... Uh, copies in advance because they knew the media would be interested in this whole thing yes. and what these particular uh, group of kind of self-appointed researchers said was uh, look ignore all the stuff about red meat just you know continue eating whatever you like who are these self-appointed um, researchers you just caught my attention then my eyebrows flicking <laughs> self-appointed well, they, they, there were only two of them, of the 14 of the authors, uh, who actually were nutrition-based. The others were uh, methodologists or statisticians or someone, you know, they certainly had some qualifications. One of them was a, a student, but I think, to be fair, she was probably a PhD student. Mm, can I ask, um, sorry, Rosemary, just I'm going to ask the dumb question. What's a methodologist? Is that oh, like a okay, Methodist? Look, uh, I no, don't think so. no, no. Sorry, I'm being silly. What? Seriously, what? A no. serious question. What is a methodologist? Yeah, well, they look at the method that you use in doing a study and say if it's valid or not. So when we did oh, okay. the Australian Dietary Guidelines, we had a methodologist who came along and said, "Well, look, you've been asking some questions. Uh, these people have not answered the questions adequately. Okay. So you know, they sort of check that you're doing it, things the right way. So that's you know important." The only slight problem was that um, the studies they were given to look at the methodology of, um, which they didn't sort of mind, but they said, look, you know, the results here are quite small. Um, They didn't look at all of the studies. They left out a few. They found one study that had really uh, very definite results saying, look, if you eat less meat, you're going to sort of have far less heart disease. It was such a good study that, in fact, it was meant to go for many years. And after a few years, they actually stopped the study because the group who were, who were on the mediterranean style diet yes. and having only small amounts of meat and other things yeah. uh, would, were sort of... The others were, you know, they'd all people who'd had one heart attack and the others were kind of popping off rather frequently in this lot we're all living well so they broke the code and said look we better just check that this is right um yeah. but they left that study out because they said those results were you know kind of a bit too definite but the, the methodology they used was to say well any study that just looks at a group of people and follows them over a number of years which is what most studies in nutrition have to do yeah. uh, that's going to only produce very very low evidence uh, of any effect really and 
to some extent that's true, but the other sort of studies, which are what we call randomised controlled trials, where you take a group of people and half of them you do one thing to and the other half do something different, but they've got to be pretty much alike in all other ways and you've got to follow them for years. Yeah. It's a bit hard to do that with meat uh, because if you're not eating meat, you probably know about it because the randomised controlled trials are excellent for drugs where you give somebody either the drug you, you, or the, you know, the medication you're looking at or a dummy pill Mm. and nobody knows who's getting what, that's easy, but it's a bit hard to do with meat. I mean, you kind of know if you're having it or not, and also... and they, they yeah, hard to rejected. do the placebo meat, isn't it? Yes, yeah. I get your well, point. <laughs> there are actually some studies that look at vegetarians, and they're among Seventh-day Adventists, since we're talking about Methodists, we might as well move on to the Seventh-day Adventists. <laughs> Nicely done, in, yes. In the States, they, they did some studies, because in the, in the United States, only half of Seventh-day Adventists eat meat. Half of them follow a vegetarian diet, and the other half don't. They include meat. Perfect. So they're they're pretty good to study because they you know none of them drink alcohol or smoke or you know do all the other mm-hmm. things that sort of mm-hmm. get in the way. So they, but they didn't didn't look at any of those studies. Uh, they sort oh. of said no, we don't want to look. We just want to look at studies where people eat less meat. And all they could find was because there's not very many of those studies, but there are studies where people were asked to to, to eat less fat. And they took that as a sort of a proxy because they said, look, if they're asked to eat less fat, probably means they're eating less meat. And they did find in one really big study of women and 50, oh, 55,000 women, I think it was. Wow, 54,000. Yeah. Yeah, and they did follow them for four years and um, they were asked to eat less fat. And not, most of them didn't keep it up for four years. Um, but they did eat a bit less meat. So they, they sort of looked at that particular study, but they ate one less serving of meat a week. Um, and unfortunately, we don't know what they ate instead of it. Um, but many of the studies that were done on people asked to follow a low-fat diet, they may have eaten less meat, we don't know, but you know, they were just sort of guessing that that would be part of it. Um, but we do know that when people were on a lot of those low-fat studies, they followed what I always call the marshmallow route, which means that they thought, ha-ha, marshmallows have got no fat, I can eat as many of those as I like. Uh, you know, sort of, there were a lot of people who had really junky diets, so instead of eating fat, fatty foods, they ate foods that were full of sugar. So we've been able to dismiss those. So in other, in other words, the methods that they used um, mm. were mainly looking at people, who, groups of people who'd been followed for a long period of time. But they did leave out an enormous study of more than 100,000 Americans followed over a number of years, which certainly did show that the eating less meat was... Uh, associated with less heart disease and cancer. They did show from the studies they looked at that, yes, there was less cancer, less heart disease and quite a lot less diabetes uh, in people who did eat a bit less meat. But they said, look, these differences are pretty small and we don't know what they ate instead, so probably there's no point in taking any notice of of, um, of the people like the World Cancer Research Fund or the every organisation that's put out dietary guidelines, all of whom say, look, limit the amount of meat. I think it's important to note that we never say eat no meat. I mean, when we did the last dietary guidelines, and I probably mentioned this before, but I personally looked at all of the meat studies and I could not find any harmful effects in any study of meat eating where people ate only modest amounts of meat. Uh, and that's and this is, why we're not talking we about recommend... Processed meats, are we, Rosemary? So you're well, not talking processed about... meat... Processed meats have a bit of a you know, stronger effect. Yes, they do. Uh, but th- these people mixed up. They didn't separate out processed meat and fresh meat. So yeah, right. they just said, eat as much as you like of these, you know, just keep eating it. I thought what was interesting was that of the 14 authors, three of them actually thought the, the results that they'd found said, hey, we should be telling everyone to eat less meat. 
Um, but when you looked at their own meat consumption, and they very nicely published this, only two out of the 14 ate more than what anyone recommends anyway. So they were keeping to the recommendations themselves mm. and then coming up with a conclusion that said, look, we think the evidence is not really very good, so basically don't bother cutting down on meat. Now, this unleashed a bit of a, a problem throughout the world. So the, um, the, there are so far that I've been counting... 14 organisations, including Cancer Council of Australia and World Cancer Research Fund and lots of those sort of big-name organisations, so 14 of them, 125 researchers uh, or experts and 80 other people who work in uh, trying to give people advice about diet, all fully qualified, they all said, look, this paper really doesn't address the issues properly. Um, they've found exactly the same evidence that the rest have found, but they've drawn the conclusion that we can't take it much notice of it because they're not the sort of studies that we think should be done, which should be randomised controlled trials that you can't do. So, mm. you know, it's a fair bit of opposition. So what should the public do? Um, I think this adds to confusion because people say they kept changing their minds. Yes. Uh, they didn't change their minds. Um, the the ma major part of they say, look, you know, limit your red meat. You don't have to have none. If you want to have none, that's fine, uh, as long as you have, you know, decent substitutes but you don't have to have none uh, the heart foundation have just done a big um, project themselves using a whole stack of experts and they came up with slightly less red meat than what the dietary guidelines do but they're more recent but they still don't say eat none they just say look you know keep it to two or three serves a week um, have some fish for a couple of nights mm -hmm. have poultry when you like it's not like we're recommending anything really odd yes. but if you say to people eat as much bacon as you like um, and at the World Cancer Research Fund and those, you know, 14 plus 125 plus 80 expert-type people um, have all said uh, it's not a good idea to eat as much processed red meat as you like, nor is it a good idea to eat steaks that hang over the edge of the plate. Um, or, if I can add something as well, fast food hamburgers, when you talk about yeah, red absolutely. meat. absolutely. Yeah, because well, that, that, that <laughs> hasn't been mentioned, you know, whether you're talking about uh, grass-fed or, you know, organic meat or... Um, or a, or a burger from, uh, you know, insert name here. Well, absolutely. And so I think what we need to do is just sort of realise that this is not giving really advice that is, is good. Uh, they're using the same evidence that we've all used, but they've decided this evidence isn't really good enough because it's not as good as you'd get in a drug trial, therefore don't take any notice of it. Um, so it's led to a whole lot of confusion and really people should just use their common sense and know that we don't say that you have to have none have a reasonable amount, not too much, make sure you include all those other goodies. But the real point is, and this applies to so many of these studies that get the headlines, you cannot decide if a diet is good or bad by looking at a single food. Mm, there it is. And dragging us back to the sensible centre once again. Thank you, Rosemary. Yep, afraid so. Well, why not? <laughs> I mean, well, the, the great news is that of all the years we've been speaking to you, it's been consistent. So thank you very, very much for... Uh, explaining these things and having a chat to us, Rosemary. My pleasure. Thanks, Cam. See you later. Have a great day. 12.26, actually 12.27 here on 3 FM. Gets confusing, doesn't it? It does. Lewis Black said something about it. Went something like this. The people who told us about sunblock are the same people when I was a kid were telling me that eggs were good.
So I ate a lot of eggs. <laughs> Ten years later, they said they were bad. And I just ate the eggs. <laughs> so I stopped eating eggs. And ten years later, they said they were good again. And then I ate twice as many eggs. And then they said they were bad. And I went, well, now I'm really fucked. <laughs> then they said they're good. They're bad. They're good. The whites are good. The, the yellows. Bad. Make up your mind. <laughs> it's breakfast. I got to eat. <laughs> Well, so the other end of scatological, <laughs> yes. you could say. Uh, not so scatological at all, but has been away, and this is almost to say what I did on my uh, northern summer vacation. Nick Bennett from the Arbury, a very, very good afternoon. Thanks for coming in on your day off. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's good to see you. I might lift that microphone up just a little bit so it's pointing at your face with just a little bit of studio stuff. You... I've just got back from a while ago. You were on the east coast of the US of A. Yeah, so look, we did, we did a bit of a trip over there for uh, to relaunch the Arbury afloat. So a little bit of a research what trip. A, what a good <laughs> gig. And it's all tax deductible and everything. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. No, yeah, uh, let's not go there. Okay, yeah. Now, um, yeah. So Where'd look, you go? We, we went to Miami. Uh, well, we did New York uh, down to Miami. Um actually hopped across to Cuba for a little bit, which was fantastic. Yes. It was a real highlight yes. going to Cuba. And then um, back up to New York, then went to Boston, and then up to uh, Lower Falls and mm. New Hampshire. Now, here's something just to, uh, just to get us started. I mean, America, USA is um, an incredible place. But one of the things that is so different about it to, say, Australia is that the cooking zones or the region, regional specialities really, really shine through. And they're still evident, even though there is a very, very much homogenised culture, mm. you still get all these incredible re, uh, regional variations. Like we think of uh, Louisiana, of course, being yeah. incredible. But Miami, what's yeah. what's the, the thing there? First of all, there's so, a big Cuban population there, isn't there? There is, there is. So, you know, they've got a, an area called Little Havana, so you, you get some fantastic sandwiches around there. Yes. Uh, some really cool Cubans, Cuban sandwiches, Cubanos. Mm. Um, what is look, a Cubano? Well, a Cubano is a, a pulled pork sandwich with smoked ham, mm. uh, Swiss cheese, just toasted on Cuban bread, which sometimes they use a little bit of lard in the, uh, the in Cubans The Cubans got into the Swiss cheese. Oh, word. Oh, yeah, well. Maybe it's not Swiss, but it's it's similar to that sort yeah, of yeah. style. But yeah, yes, yeah. Um, and look, a lot of Latin American influence uh, throughout Miami. Yes. So I mean, they got the Caribbean. Um, you know, yeah, there's a, quite a bit of a I guess a Mexican influence there as well. Yes. Yeah. So and stultifyingly hot. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty warm. Yeah. Pretty warm. Extremely warm. <laughs> pretty humid <laughs> but, too. Yeah. Quite humid. Yeah. But look, it was a really it was a really good trip, a really good place to go, and yeah. interesting food and. We're sort of really lucky. I've actually got a good friend there called Aaron, uh, who I did my apprenticeship with in '95. So, really? Yeah. So he's sort of hooked us up with. He's your mentor. To go. Like, so your old mentor. Oh no, no, no. We we're, we're oh, both yeah. training. Oh, you're yeah, both doing yeah, apprenticeship. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So where was this? 1995. And back, where? At, back at Royal Pines, uh, on the Gold Coast. That's right. Yeah, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so so he was there and he sort of looked after us the whole so time. So where's he working? What's he doing? So he's at the Four Seasons, the exec chef for oh, so the Four took, Seasons. He took the five star route, the five star hotel did. route. He sure did. So he's yes. been with four, four Seasons for probably fifteen years or so. But so he'd be a lucky boy in that he's got an air conditioned kitchen. Yes, with a large uh, kitchen, large <laughs> kitchen with steam jackets and brat pans and exactly. all the yes. all the all the fun things yeah. to sort of play around with. Yeah. What sort of things did you say? What now, Miami Club Sandwich? Yep. It's, that's a thing, right? Well, uh, did I? It, it, did, it's was basically. I, was it's, I dreaming when I yeah, see that it, on Instagram? It's on the thing. menu, so it's a club sandwich. It's on. Okay. Um, 
And is I just, the club I just sandwich the, word the Miami greatest Miami sandwich ever made? Sorry, Sorry. Sorry to cut across you, Nick. Is the club sandwich the greatest sandwich ever made? I think it's pretty good. It's pretty close, it's isn't it? It's pretty good. Yeah. Matt, um, your thoughts, club sandwich? I, look, I love it. I tend to agree with the late Anthony Bourdain, though, who controversially said, you know, what's that middle bit of bread doing in there? Just just get rid of it. Point of difference. True, mm. true. It holds it together, I think. It does. Mm. It holds it together. And there's little but, yeah. frilly toothpicks. Yeah, anyway, which sorry. We, we don't have the frilly yeah. toothpicks. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, but look, it's, essentially it's just a, it's a, a club sandwich. Uh, yes. And we've just put the word Miami in front of it just to suit the venue. <laughs> but wow, it's delicious. You it first. It's yeah, del- I mean, what time is it? Twelve thirty-six. As you drop the bombshell. <laughs> no, look, it's um, yeah, it's it's loaded with smoked chicken and smoked bacon, mm-hmm. nice runny egg. Yes, and then some waffle fries on the side. Waffle fry. Yeah. Waffle fry. <laughs> um, and and what other sort of things did you see while you were away? Um, look, we we saw quite a lot of uh sort of i guess mexican influenced food uh there was yes. a lot of i guess tacos we saw quite a bit of over in miami um so we sort of built our own taco section where it's it, everything comes as a whole and you build it yourself so you've got like a whole chunk of short rib uh sauces on the side and then you've got your tortillas on the side mm. and so you it's sort of get your hands dirty and get in there and rip That's it all apart which and they're really good for sharing yes yeah so. fish tacos too yep fish we got short rib fish whole lobster yeah. And uh, whoa, whoa. an O'Connor ribeye at a 1.2 kilo. Whole so, lobster. Whole lobster. I <laughs> I hate to be a cynic and you know ask about the you know the cost of every what what's a whole how much? <laughs> how much do we charge? Yeah, for a whole lobster. Yeah, it's 160 dollars. But yeah, it, it, it can do. You get 12 tortillas with it, so I can do a r- roughly about four to six people. Anyway, if you're feeling feeling rich, you, yeah. can, you can get that sort of yeah. thing. The lobster costs us about 120 <laughs> so yeah. we, we, we lose money on it, but it's it's a fantastic dish. and It's it's something that brings people in and maybe they'll get, after the, the blood has rushed to the head, maybe they'll get their mm-hmm. second bottle of French champagne. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, yeah. Could, could be the go there. Um, so, okay, so Miami. Yep. You also went across the sea where a lot of um, those influences came. And you went to, um, what is it now? Is it still the People's Republic? Anyway, Cuba. Mm, Yeah, so we just did Havana. Um, We only spent four days there, but it was... was Only four days. Yeah, but it was absolutely fantastic. You're flying, not knowing what to expect. Mm. No Wi-Fi. Your phone's pretty much switched off. Yes. Uh, You're at the airport waiting for your bags for about an hour. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Then you, you wander out and it's extremely hot. Jump in a cab off you go you're on your way in there and it's just you just don't know what to expect it's just like it's stuck in I don't know, 30 years ago maybe. well even even more even so because i yeah. think yeah from the from the 50s because you've got a lot if you look around the uh the car fleet around mm. there is like old yeah. dodges and DeSotos yeah. and 57 chevs and mm. that have just been kept going yeah. and going and you see they're broken down on the road everywhere with people fixing them all, all the really? time yeah yeah so you're driving you, you, you're grabbing a taxi somewhere or you're driving down there and there'll be multiple cars broken mm. down on the side of the road, bonnets up, just ripping it apart, trying to trying to fix it and get it going. Again. Need some fencing wire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, sort of, it's a bit it's of an amazing. Aussie sort of thing going on there yeah. in, a, in, a, in a strange sort of a way. Yeah. Cuban food has rightly been much maligned in the fact that um, a lot of it sort of regard uh, is is um, it dependent on uh, dish water, chicken and rice, mm. which is awful. Yeah, I mean, look, then they're not known for their food. No, no. But- but that's kind of it's weird, isn't it? That they yeah. just they never 
Like they make great rum. There's oh, a whole bunch of things they, they do. That, that was a big reason for us going there was to have a look at the rum. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was, look. You sound um, like a winemaker. We're going to go and have a look at the rum. <laughs> look, yes. the, um, there's some really cool places there, though. There's, there seem to be a lot of uh, younger people starting bars and, and restaurants. Hmm. And they're very small. Younger like, you Cubanos, fit, obviously, <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, and you, you probably fit about 20 or 30 people in them. But the, the food is very good coming out of those places. Yes. And fantastic drinks as well. So. I wonder where they get their influences yeah. from. How, yeah, uh, no. uh, there's, there's just a wish to sort of make it a little bit better than what it was. Yeah, I think so, What yeah. were some of the best things that you tasted food-wise? You obviously had a good little go look at the rum, shall yeah, we well, say. Yeah, well, they, they had some really good uh, – we went to one place, Old Fronte. Um, El de Fronte. El de Fronte. And they had, they had a really nice fish taco that they did there, a fried one that was really cool. Yes. Um, they also had some really nice tostadas. What, what so, made it good? Uh, what makes just, a fish taco good? I, I think having a whole fried fish. Yes, and, and you can sort of rip it apart and build your own taco. Yes. I think that makes it, you know, kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah, and enjoyable to eat. But, yeah, look, the Rather sauces on the side with it were fantastic and really nice tortillas. Crunch. So, so what, what's the crunch in there? The lettuce in there A little there bit too? of cabbage. Cabbage. Um, yeah, yeah. Maybe some pickled, uh, pickled onion. Yes. Pickled diced white onion. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah. Pickled yeah. white onion. It's all, okay. the, all, the, all the different flavors you, you can add to it. Yeah. And, yeah. and textures and, and, and a little bit of lime as well, yeah, a little bit of lime. acid as well. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Because it's it's one of those things. It's when you get a really good one, you know it, don't you? You sure do. Yeah, Are it's you gonna, bursting with flavour. It is, and so you're doing that uh, now down there at the yeah. So we uh, the railway station or the old railway. If you haven't been to the Arbury, of course, it used to be the Sandringham line. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is all terminal. on the Arbury float now, which and is, now yeah. you have a so yeah. sort of describe it as the great gorilla that sort of <laughs> descends onto the Yarra. How many people does that thing hold? Uh, how many, how many a, covers do you, do you sort of look at doing? Um, we're, we're probably doing about 1,500 covers a day. <sighs> Sorry, um, I shouldn't whistle. But that we, we can hold, we can hold upwards of 1,000. Yeah, and, and the thing that I really admire about what you do, Nick, and this is quite serious, is that you're able to keep um, or to achieve a pretty amazing standard for such a big outlet. Yeah, well, thanks. Um, look, it's, it's very tricky. Sometimes it's pretty hard. <laughs> we've we've had a couple of hard days on the opening, and and that's you know because we're we're trying to do a really good quality and level of food. Mm. So yeah, where, but, but it's where it's does good. the food come out from in that place? The upstairs, it's in the middle part. Yep. Is the is the kitchen area? Yep. So that gets disseminated out mm -hmm. on the float. Yeah, on the float, we use a company called Kitchens on the Run. So they they build uh, container kitchens for us. So yes. They, they custom built a pizza one for us a few years ago. I remember that. Yeah, and um, and each year we're just sort of adding a container, adding a container. Really? <laughs> it's just getting larger and larger. So th those guys are really good. They sort of they, they take on board what we want to do and and modify the kitchens to suit, and they yeah. all just connect together. Yes. And it's it's a lot of fun working with them. Hmm. So, yeah, and it's 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 probably – I would have to say it's a better kitchen downstairs than it is upstairs. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> Because yeah. we get to redesign it, I yeah, guess, each, each time. Yeah, so. you get to improve it every yeah. year. Yeah. You know, um, is is the go there. Um, what sort of tortillas do you use for your for all your tacos? Yeah, so the, the corn. the, the we, uh, do, we do a light sort of corn tortilla. Yes. Yeah, so. Do, you don't make your own, do you? No. 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 That'd, be, that'd be crazy. <laughs> and uh, do you get the ones made by... No, so we, we use La Tortoria. You do use... And, and we do use El, El Cello as well, which is another company. So we use two. Okay. Yeah. And why the two? Well, uh, one of them do a lighter flavour in, in the tortilla. Yes. And we like that. They also do some fantastic sauces made to their recipe that, that get made 
in Mexico and yeah. Sotoba. And the great news is that you can get that um, all around the place. Victoria Market now has um, – you can get uh, La Tortilla. Yeah. Oh, they're which, fantastic. They're which fast. I think are the, are the finest ones made here. Yeah. Um, Nick, we've we've given you a day off, or you? I'm presuming you've got a day off. You got, I'm off today. Yeah, you got the yeah. shorts on. You look I've like got, you're yeah, on a day I've, off, yeah, mate. I've been at the I've been at a farmers market this morning, so hey. out with the family. It's yeah, yeah, day off. What do you cook on a day off? Do you cook on a day off, uh, or do you I'm, just call a, a? What do you do on a day off? A day off. We usually every Sunday we sort of go to the farmers market, local yes. farmers market, buy some food. But what did um, you get today? What did we get today? There's some broad beans around, asparagus. Yeah, they're peaking, yeah. aren't they? Broad asparagus beans. is amazing at the moment, and broad yes. beans, yeah. yeah. Yeah, really good. Um, but yeah, look, I've, whatever's around, I've, I've sort of, it changes each week. Yeah. I'm not actually cooking today. My wife's going to cook. <laughs> so, so you got the full yeah, I'm day off. off. I've got the day off. <laughs> wow, you are doubly blessed today. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, look, congratulations with um, the product that you're, the consistency of the product that you're able to get down there at the Arbury along the railway line and now, of course, down with the new and improved kitchens down on the uh, – uh, what do you call that thing again? The big – The the barge? The, the Arbury, barge. The Arbury afloat. What's it called? Arbury afloat. Arbury the afloat. barge. Hey, that's good. That, that's good legs. I think, I think we'll go with that. Um, Nick, thank you very, very much for coming in. Thanks, Cam. Thanks we're very go- much. We're going to have a chat to Duncan Buchanan after this. It's 12.44 here in 3 R. Take it away, man. Hey, look out for my glass over there, man. Yes, sir, Jimmy. Drink, man. Drink, what sort of drink you want? What sort of drink you want? Make it a double. Yeah. Right, somebody got to sing. Somebody got to sing. Somebody Let's drink. Cheers. 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 Yes, ladies and gentlemen, now we get to hear what's happening on the land and the vineyard <laughs> as Duncan Buchanan looks up from whittling sticks and looks across his vineyard and says, thank God there's no phylloxera. <laughs> More booze. <laughs> Something like that? I can't, I'm at <laughs> Oh my God, what's <laughs> happened to your line? <laughs> Where are line? you? It sounds like you're talking through like a sock. I'm not. Oh, that's terrible, buddy. Oh, no, really? Yeah, yeah. You know what? We're going we're gonna to ring you back. Yeah, yeah we're going we're gonna to actually give this another go. Just to um, let you know, we're having a little bit of problem with Duncan's line. Thank you for tuning in to Eat It here on 3 FM. Second time's a charm. My name's Cam Smith. Matt is here and uh, fabulous frolicking winemaker, Duncan Buchanan. Once he answers the phone. Oh. Oh, see, oh, see, see what happens. Yeah, see, tech, we get beaten by technology. And uh, these things do bedevils. I'll, I'll give it a second. It's a it's a new world sort of problem, I suppose. Remember cross lines? You don't get them anymore. So we have improved a little bit. Cross lines? Look at them. Yeah. Who are you? What are you doing on my line? <laughs> Who are you? You know, that does happen. So, yeah, apologies, people. Oh. We're just being defeated by the... We're completely defeated. Maybe he's just run off. Have you any more sponsorship announcements to do? No, I don't. So we're kind of on our own at this point. Oh, wow. Filling time. That's a bit of a drag. We should get Nick back. (laughs) Nick, turn around. (laughs) I want to hear more about those restaurants in Cuba. I have faith. We're going to give... uh, Oh, here he is. That's probably him on the phone. Let's try to give it a go. Line one. Hello, you're on the air. (laughs) Darling, darling, darling. This is great radio. This is all that's on Triple R at the moment, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen.
It's a little bit embarrassing, isn't it? Uh, it'll ring. It'll uh, ring. Do you think it will? What is that sound? The, the, sound is, uh, the hesitant. Come in, Duncan. Hello. <laughs> Hello. That that's, better? that's better, I think. Yeah, Maybe. Sort I, of. I didn't, I didn't move. The signal went haywire. Uh, it's the gremlins of the uh, the airwaves that bedevils. Well, we've been padding. I don't know how successfully. Oh, it's been great. It hasn't really. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so to the listeners, we do apologise. Uh, we just got defeated. Um, Duncan, first of all, well, over to you. What, what did you want to talk about, buddy? Well, I don't know. I thought we'd have a quick dust bag about the season so far. People, you know. <laughs> It's gone okay. You know, the, the vines are dancing out of winter, as we know. You know, there's a whole mobilisation of foliage we speak about this time every year when vines are starting, well, soils are warming up. Yes. And and things just start to grow. People putting plants in the ground for their veggie gardens, all that. And it's not this symbol for grapevines, but they've so the soil needs to warm up and away they go. But there's that ever present threat. Right, now, Cam, quick quiz for you. Are things getting warmer or colder? Uh, what in in general? In general. Well, they they say that things are getting warmer. Do they not? That would Correct. be the, the, the yes. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I'm I haven't seen the ice too. age approaching. No, <laughs> it's a uh, there's a day down in San Mateo, believe me. But the um the the worry is if, if things are getting warmer earlier, then vines will start growing earlier. Therefore, if you transpose ahead six months, we might be picking fruit in the heat of February. Or even January in some states. So, yeah, and the problem with that being heat of the day, burnt fruit, and it's just going to interrupt the way the vines grow and the way the fruit matures. I mean, yeah, I mean, even just thinking, getting the stuff into the baskets and having them in the sun and. Mm-hmm. Well, it's mm-hmm. not ideal, is it? No. No, no. And, and, and seasons are getting condensed. So, you know, we, I do a lot of um, winery installs and design stuff at the moment. And the uh, people that we used to talk about, you know, the two-fill winery, where you fill your winery twice every year, therefore you can fill one tank twice, okay? Mm-hmm. So now people are talking about one-fill wineries. So all of a sudden where you had one tank twice you have one tank once, so you need double the infrastructure just in case everything comes very quickly. Oh, say that again. We just lost you when you when you. So, so you might you you'll need double the infrastructure of your winery yes. just in case everything comes in all at once. So oh when, yes, as I remember, when we're, when we're, a few years uh, ago that happened, um, where everything was about three years ago that everything was. All coming in at once and... 80, it's, mate. Like, it's like we can hear the tone of words. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> there's, there's sort of a, there's a tone happening, but the actual meaning isn't all that, that clear. I drove somewhere I thought I had great signal and something with you guys. There's nothing. Oh, dear. <laughs> it's, it's kind of like listening to a foreign language station. Like you can kind of... Yes. You can hear, Duncan, your intent through your tone. Yes, I've I got a verb... <laughs> 
<laughs> it was a doing thing. Um, can you, can you hear? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Uh, um, Whereabouts are you, Duncan? Yeah, that's a good idea. It kind, kind of feels like. Look, I assume you're somewhere that you would um, classify as part of Melbourne, and therefore under the mobile phone coverage regime of one of our great telco providers. Yeah, I'm, I'm seriously, I'm in Kavana, I'm just down the beach, and there's normally great signal here, but uh, it is very, very windy, as I say, blow the oysters off the rocks. Yes. And, um, I can't, and it's just, it's, it's just a bit ropey. You guys, can you hear me okay now? For some that's, reason, I'm leaning, that's... I'm leaning forward to my steering wheel, thinking that that might make it better. In a, in a strange way, that's kind of good. Just careful you don't get hit in the face with any of those oysters, because that would be terrible. I'll, I'll, I'll try. I'll just eat one. You get a lacerated um, face there. Um, yeah, <laughs> and it needs all the help we can get at the moment. Believe me, I did get it pretty. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Um, Sorry, guys. So um, Matt's passing me a note. We, uh, yeah, we might. Um, we might have to take a little late music track, Duncan. I th- Good I, idea. Get yeah. me off. I'll come in the studio next time. That's better. <laughs> I, I, I think it will because then you can tell us about your time where you uh, went to a winery where uh, your whole vintage can be done in about 40 minutes. But <laughs> Yes, yeah, so we'll find out about that a little bit later. Uh, <laughs> gosh. It's like, um, it kind of reminded me of talking to someone on a two-way radio. Like... <laughs> Hello. <laughs> the squelch. Remember the squelch? The squelch, you have to the squelch right. I think the squelch was turned up quite high on that last year. Yeah, um, to all the listeners out there, we do apologise. We're very, very sorry about that. Uh, what we will do at um, being 12.54, it's a little bit before... Uh, the end of the show. Mm. Uh, you got anything? Maybe just planned? a quick music track. And you know who we turn to when we need just a quick music track, can we? Ramones. Yeah. Yeah, got it. Come on. Where are they? Come on. Well, here we are. We've um, got a little bit of red face this year, to be honest with you. That was um, our apologies for that, but sometimes technology gets away from us. And Best laid plans of mice, men, and winemakers. As Robbie Burns said, I to go anew. Anew. <laughs> There's a statue of him. Do you know that? I Burns. Don't know that. No. Anyway, yeah. um, Duncan, still love you, buddy. But uh, next time we'll get you in the studio, or I don't know, chain you to a land. Buy him a new aerial, a big aerial, a big aerial. Yep. And you can strap on. Yep. A uh, couple of minutes to go for the hour. Of course, still here. We'll be coming on very, very shortly, as well as all the other great shows of the afternoon. Yes. Um, this gives us a. Uh, opportunity to tell you what is going to be happening next week. John will be back. Yes, he's had a couple of weeks. He has had a couple of weeks, so he's probably relaxed and comfortable. As relaxed and comfortable as John can be. Indeed, <laughs> especially when he's at work, <laughs> dealing with his um, his staff. But Katerina Borsotto, um, she, we're going to talk to someone from front of house oh. rather than back of house. Yes. Katerina is probably one of... One of the best front of house people I've ever seen, I reckon. Mm. Um, she has a restaurant called Borsato's in the city, Queen Street. Only does lunches. Right. Because she can. Yeah. And she's an interesting person that, um, I don't know, she could probably work harder and make more money and do all those things. And it's like, no, I want to have my nights off. Yeah. And uh, plus that end of town is a bit like that. But freakish to watch her work mm. in that I was going in there one and just having a chat to her and she goes, and she was 
telling staff about almost five different things. You need to get that to that table there and don't forget that that person over there wants that and uh, they usually like to sit over there. They're in the wrong, you know, amazing. So um, what what's it like working in the industry front of house? We might get a little bit of a insight into that. Well, hmm. we, uh, we got through that. We did. <laughs> Jeez, sorry, folks, about that. I feel awful about that. I really, really do. Um, but we will be back next week. Matt, yes. good to see you. Likewise, good to be back. And I think probably it's best just to really just sign it off. Still here is up next. Still so here is up there. Johnny Bond goes. All the great shows in the afternoon. Why would you go anywhere else? Mm. Thank you. See you next week. Hi, this is Cam Smith, and you've been listening to the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. 